Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, we have real, unscripted, in-person conversations with entrepreneurs about the truth of what it takes to run a business and find a career path that you love. My name is Kelsey Riddle, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that's to help you live and lead your own most visionary life in your health, in your life, and in your business. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. But perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show will help you break through your limiting beliefs and to inspire you to live life on your own terms, to take more risks, to actually follow your heart, to set bigger goals, and to take tiny steps each day that will lead you towards your most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Welcome to one of our final episodes of 2018. Today on the show, I'm chatting with Jonathan Bonnell, co-founder of the Canadian company called Holy Veggie that makes extremely tasty vegetable-filled foods. Whether you're an aspiring business owner or just a plant-based foodie yourself, you're going to love this episode with Jonathan. But before we get into the episode, let's chat a little bit about life, shall we? Okay. Sorry, I've been breathing a lot deeper, I feel like, lately. I've been uh, going to yoga a lot. We've got a one-month pass to a studio nearby, and I've definitely noticed my breathing has become much more pronounced, which is maybe a good thing. And the sighing is so relieving, I find. Anyways, how are all of you doing Are you stressed about the holidays? Are you feeling low about a certain situation or maybe how your 2018 has unfolded? Or maybe you're feeling good and strong going into the new year. No matter where you're at though, I want you to know and I want to remind you that you are in control of your life and of the trajectory of it. You are the driver, You are an adult with complete ownership and responsibility of your future, and you call the shots, okay? And I want to share a simple story because this is something that I like to remind myself every single day because something that I really try to minimize in my life is blaming people or assuming that my life is stuck a certain way uh, when really that's just a lack of taking ownership over what it could be. And I truly believe we have the power to be the architect over our own best life. So I was feeling a bit unhappy this morning. There were just many, many factors and conversations that pulled me into the gutter. And I was really pulled away from my usual positive self. And honestly, I felt extremely low. Um, I was unhappy that my Sunday had been quote unquote ruined And it was a day that I just wanted to feel good. I wanted to get myself reset for a busy week ahead. Uh, But that's not exactly how the day started. And I glanced at the clock around 2 p.m. or so. And I said to Dave, you know what? I am not going to let this day slip away from me right now. And I am not going to let these certain factors take away my joy today. And I'm going to take the control back 
I'm going to take ownership, like I mentioned, complete ownership over my future. I'm going to be the driver and I am going to make the rest of my day amazing. And I wrote out, this is something I teach in the visionary method as well, but I wrote out a hourly time block. So I wrote 2 to 3 p.m., 3 to 4 p.m., 4 to 5, 5 to 6, 6 to 7, 7 to 8. And in each of those boxes, I wrote one different thing that I was going to get accomplished in that hour that was going to make me feel in control again and make me kind of reel back in my Sunday and just make sure it was a good day. And you know what? It worked. I feel totally in control of my day right now. Um, Otherwise, if I would have just kind of kept myself in this uh, feeling of, you know what, the day's over, it's ruined, then it very well could have been. And this is, again, just a simple example of a way to take the ownership back, get yourself out of the rut. It is no one else's responsibility. You are in control. And I say that to myself quite often. I say, you're in control. If you don't like something, change it. And I'm really proud that I was able to just shift my emotions and my thoughts. And I hope that something from this story lands with you, whether you've been just avoiding or making excuses around something that you need to change. Um, you are the driver and you've got this. So a couple other things. Um, I'm very excited because I am one step closer to hiring my right-hand visionary. That's not the official name of the job title, but that's kind of what I'm calling it right now. And secondary interviews will be happening very soon. So I'm hoping to start 2019 with someone supporting my business. And I can't wait. The applications have been truly incredible. I feel very lucky to have such a great pool of talent um, putting their application into the mix. And the vision behind me hiring someone is to allow me to work on my business a little bit more and not so much in my business. Uh, By the in my business, I mean a lot of the little tasks that are sucking up my time. They're not allowing me to actually further the growth of visionary life. Um, And a couple other things. So on 2019, we will be coming up soon to the one year anniversary of the podcast. And that happens in early January. And I cannot believe that that is coming up, but I am planning some fun little celebrations and contests, but that also means that I need to assess where we're at and what's working with this podcast and what needs to change. And so I am actually putting out a call to action to you, the listener. So if you're listening to this, I am talking to you. Pretend we're having a face-to-face conversation. I would really appreciate it if you could pop open your Instagram account and send me a DM or Facebook, or however you want to get a hold of me. And just find me on Instagram at Kelsey Riedel, R-E-I-D-L. And I would love if you could just tell me a few different things, maybe positive things, things you love about the episodes, or some negative things. Maybe you don't like the length of them, or you want them to be more frequent. Um, Maybe there are guests you really want to see. So if you could pop open your Instagram DM me, let me know what your positive and negative feedback is, okay? I am going to make this into a giveaway. For anyone who gives me five constructive pieces of positive or negative feedback, just five things, right? Again, I gave you some ideas. Do you like the interviews? Do you want to hear more solo episodes? Do you want longer episodes? Give me five pieces of constructive criticism, and I will send you a free five mil bottle of one of my favorite essential oils. 
Okay, I have lots of them and I'm ready to mail them out. I just need five pieces of constructive criticism from you. It's going to help me improve the podcast. And I, I really do like hearing the feedback. So that's my call to action to you today. Back to Jonathan. So today's guest is someone I actually met this past September at the Canadian Health Food Conference. And I've had a chance to attend this particular conference for about the last five years, ever since starting to work in the natural health industry. And I look forward to it every single September because there are some of the most visionary entrepreneurs on the planet inside of that conference. So get yourself to these conferences and trade shows if you can. So Jonathan, who I interviewed today, and his co-founder, who was not on the show, but I did get to meet him, which was really awesome, uh, they set out to understand why people weren't eating more vegetables. I mean, people seem to really love vegetables, in theory, but they clearly didn't want to go through the effort of peeling, chopping, boiling, preparing, etc., And so their goal through launching their company, Holy Veggie, was to make vegetables easy to prepare and full of taste. And with that in mind, they chatted up a chef, then presented him a seemingly impossible task. Make a veggie dish that even the laziest meditarian would eat. One that was filled with good quality vegetables and free of the bad stuff that freaks everyone out. So after 27 versions and countless taste tests, Jonathan and David, (laughs) sorry, I got stumped on my words. Jonathan and David launched and finally perfected the recipes behind Holy Veggie. I'm super thankful that Jonathan made the time amongst his crazy schedule to come record this podcast with me at my co-working space. And all you have to do to support this episode is rate and review it. Uh, give them a shout out, go support Holy Veggie next time you're grocery shopping, snap a photo and send it to me. Um, but I know you're going to love this episode. We chat about how Jonathan met his co-founder, what he was up to before becoming an entrepreneur, how they launched their business, the challenges of daily operations, and some of the biggest and most exciting milestones that these ambitious entrepreneurs have hit. So I'm super thrilled to introduce this episode to you. Again, it will be one of the last ones of 2019. So please enjoy it. And I will talk to you soon. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Uh, We're going to get right in with some rapid fire today, and hopefully this will help to warm you up since you said you maybe have never done a podcast before. So first, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Scarborough, Scarberia. All right. And when did you get your first taste of entrepreneurship? Uh, Probably when I was 13, and I came up with my own lawn mowing business, had two people employed, scouring the area, mowing lawns, and shoveling driveways in the winter. I feel like that's such a common thread with entrepreneurs is like when we were children we had these like little ideas and we were able to start building it out and it gave us that excitement of wow I can make like five dollars doing this little skill. Um, what is your favorite vegetable to eat? Uh, I would probably say broccoli. Mm. I love roasted broccoli. Love it. I felt like I had to put that question in there seeing as you're the fa- co-founder of Holy Veggie. Um, is there a book or a podcast you're loving right now? So Reed Hoffman's podcast um, is absolutely fantastic because it talks about how to scale your business 
but not from the standpoint of just generic. He's got a lot of really interesting people in there that tell their stories about those different moments where they just hit scale. And I think scale is such mm-hmm. a, an important thing for any entrepreneur to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you feel like you've had the capacity to think about scale or do you feel like you've been so busy with the day-to-day tasks that it's been challenging? I'd say it, it definitely is challenging. I think for any entrepreneur, you need to be thinking about what's next, not only in terms of what new product you create, what new idea you bring to market, um, where you want to go, but how do you scale? And I think it inevitably leads to questions of, you may not be the right people to scale your business. Mm. And that's a real tough thing for any entrepreneur to recognize, but it's not about you're out, it's about who do you bring in. Mm. I love that, I think that's such good advice. Uh, final rapid fire question. What's your favorite way to wind down after a long week of work? Uh, probably trying to go to the gym, mm. um, either doing a boxing class or something just to get out all of that energy, chill out, and then don't open my laptop and just mm-hmm. go to bed. Sounds amazing. Okay, so now we're going to zoom the lens back a little bit, and I would love to know and for you to share with our listeners. What were you up to in the years before launching Holy Veggie? So I was working for an organic meat company. We were raising cattle and chicken and fish, and it was a really interesting company, great philosophy. They're all about animal husbandry. But I started correlating, and David started correlating our hard work and success of the company to an unsustainable way of feeding the planet. Mm After three and a half years of seeing X number of animals getting killed, walking through enough slaughterhouses, we just said we had enough. And Dave and I put our heads together, we pooled together our cash, and we started Holy Veggie as as our answer to what we feel is a need for more sustainable eating on the planet. Mm -hmm. So you're mentioning this person named Dave. So you started this business as a partnership, is that correct? We did. We started this as a 50-50 handshake. Mm -hmm. And David and I had worked together at that meat company, I'd say, for any entrepreneur who's bringing in a partner, make sure you've gone to war with that person. Mm-hmm. And by war, I don't mean like you've battled the person, but battled with the person. Because you, know, you need to know what they're like when all the chips are on the table, when, when everything looks like it's going wrong. You've got to make sure that person isn't going to leave. At the same time, too, when things are doing really well, you have to know what that person's like as well. Because you have mm-hmm. to have trust. And so did you kind of see all those different facets of Dave within your previous job? Did you know him as a friend before that? How did that look? David and I met as coworkers, and I think that's also a really important thing for other entrepreneurs to bring in business partners because starting as friends, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's There's no panacea here, but Dave and I went through a basically a turnaround with our previous company mm-hmm. uh, and so we went from fast growing 30 people in corporate office to the next day David and I got called into the room and said you're two of only five people left here mm-hmm. and you know pick up the pieces so we saw craziness we also I'd say you know they always say you, you learn what to do when you work for great people I also think you learn what not to do when you work for very bad situations and 
I think we learned a lot of lessons what we don't want to do. And I think it also scares us because as we see our business grow, we always say, are we employing the same habits and behaviors you saw with our old company? Mm-hmm. We don't want to. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's such a great insight just for anyone to really take it seriously who you go into business with and make sure that you've seen all sides of them and have endured something together, right? Um, so we've alluded to Holy Veggie and what it is. Could you give us a brief rundown of what it is that you make and what your company and brand does as a whole? Absolutely. So at Holy Veggie, we're all about celebrating the vegetable. And we do that through products that make it dead easy to give you maximum delicious with minimum effort. So for us, that means you know, our products can just go from your fridge or your freezer, you warm it up and away you go and our whole objective as a company is to find easy ways to get more vegetables into your diet Mm -hmm. and that could be through our burgers that we make so we do a line of vegetarian soy free gluten free no sugar added veggie burgers that quite honestly you you just put into your toaster warm it up and away you go Mm -hmm. to our bites which are straight from the package you can throw on top of a salad even our pizzas Mm -hmm. and we we really believe in and purposeful eating for people you know if you're going to snack snack still gives you other micro or macronutrients mm. so find a way to get more vegetables into your diet and i know for a lot of people making a salad is a lot of work it gets boring when they're constantly roasting my favorite vegetable broccoli so you know we want to take out that work and make it dead easy mm. yeah and i will say they are absolutely delicious i am a keen fan of the holy veggie burgers so and especially for my husband who does not eat a lot of vegetables it's nice for me to stock the freezer with products like that Uh, so it's easy to incorporate plant-based eating into our days to bring you a bunch of products totally well we will connect afterwards (laughs) um so on this podcast and uh, through my business visionary life i talk a lot about vision behind a business and at least starting somewhere with what is your long-term vision. So when you launched Holy Veggie, did you have uh, a big vision like to feed the world with more plant-based foods or whatever it was? And maybe how has that evolved since the beginning? Like, did it change uh, since you launched? Yeah, I think, you know, when we thought about what we wanted this thing to be, I think we thought about a few things. One was we wanted to create a place of work where people would love coming into Mm -hmm. and felt they had a positive impact and that came from my experience working with a company in 2007 called Innocent out of the UK and they just had this amazing philosophy work culture environment vibe and I I fundamentally believe people should feel like like they they really enjoy not only what they do but why they're doing it and I think second to us is you know Dave and I knew that our previous work had supported, in our view, a very unsustainable way of feeding the planet. In our view, if, if we could encourage people to eat more vegetables and reduce the amount of meat on their plate, for us that would be a, at least a small part in making the planet a, a better place. And for us, you know, both Dave and I believe this, he comes from the standpoint of his family, that he wants his family to grow up in a world where it is sustainable. And for me, I just believe, you know, you're brought into this world when you leave try to leave it a bit of a better place mm-hmm. and so for us that's what we're trying to do amazing um so 
how did this all begin? Like, were you guys working at this meat company and you started the ideation process and you kind of held down your full-time jobs while building Holy Veggie on the side? Did you both quit cold turkey and decide to go all in on Holy Veggie? Can you walk us through that point in your life, what yeah. that transition looked like? I think for I think for entrepreneurs, it depends on what's going on in their personal life that dictates how they approach a new business. I think if you're quite young and you don't have a home, a family, and, and other financial responsibilities, you can quit cold turkey and you can go all in. And we see that reflective in the tech environment. I think when you're a lot older and you've established yourself, you've, you've, you've got financial flexibility and freedom, you can also take a hiatus from your job and, and, and take work. But in, in the middle ground is, is a very tough area. So David had a family, he needed, a, he needed income, he had a house, I was in a similar situation. So we couldn't just quit our jobs. We knew we needed to view our business as a series of litmus tests and at each stage along the journey, if we passed the test, it got more real. And we knew that if we kept passing the test, eventually one day we'd be able to quit our jobs. So we started way back. Dave and I had tried to like do a business together before it failed, and I think it failed for a reason, so that we could start Holy Veggie. But we officially launched Holy Veggie as an idea in our heads in April of 2016. And it took from April 2016 until January 2017, 20, yeah, January 2017 to mm -hmm. come up with a brand, a product, a purpose, something that we felt could, could go to market and could sell. Mm. And you know, we had to go through the motions of presenting to various people in the food industry, friends and family, getting to their, getting their consent. But we officially unveiled ourselves to the world mm -hmm. uh, in February 2017. Um, at CHFA West, which is the big food show in Western Canada. Mm -hmm. And our booth was built out of Ikea furniture. We flew on red-eye flights. We stayed in some small decrepit motel because we had no money. Mm -hmm. And we opened ourselves up to retail. And you know, it was kind of our moment where I told Dave, either people love us or they hate us. Mm -hmm. And everyone came by when they tried it. They'd say, love it, want to list it. Love mm -hmm. it, want to list it. And it became more real. And then it was like, oh my God, we have to make this thing now. Mm -hmm. Like how, like, like we need to, we need to get some money in. And, and fortunately for a lot of entrepreneurs, there is financing available at that, I would call, you know, pre, pre financing stage. So there's great organizations like Business Development Canada and Futurepreneur where mm -hmm. they work with the, all three levels of government to give financing options to small businesses. And they invest based on character and the strength of the business plan. Mm. You don't have to have any revenues at that stage. And the loans they give are quite good. Collateral free, no interest on the first year. Um, and payable at any time during the four to five year term on a loan. Mm. And so we use that financing to produce our very first orders. Mm. But it's not easy. It was, it was a crazy disaster. I remember I, I went on, I had to go away to a wedding. Like when we were in the middle of going into a production and I used to go down to the beach and everyone would be on the beach and I'd be under a tent on my laptop and calling Dave. And every day, every time I called Dave, I said, Dave, how are the production going? Be, it's a disaster. Those are spraying down the machine with a hose. It's all, we're done. There's no business. And that's just, it's part of food production where mm -hmm. 
you know, you the more you the more you produce it, the more you learn, the better you get. But there on all those moments that you have, and every entrepreneur has it, you have to have a light at the end of the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're gonna lose your way mm-hmm. and, and you're gonna sink. So you need to know where you're going. You're, you're Christopher Columbus, right? Like you know you're you're hoping that you're gonna hit land and you can just in your head you can see it. But in your eyes, you can't see it yet. But mm-hmm. in, like, in, your, in your heart and your head, you're like, I know it's there. I know I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. Is one of you out of the partnership more of like the visionary and one of you more of the implementer? Do you feel like you have complementary skills or are the two of you very similar? Well, Dave and I have two very different specialties. So Dave is more of your logistics finance like you're like he he's he's our bull when it comes to negotiations i'm more of the soft skill i handle the sales marketing product development but at the same time too you end up wearing <coughs> multiple hats and doing everything mm-hmm. like that's the reality like you yeah. end up and then that's we had we had a conversation last night driving back from montreal like okay like we're we're pretty we're pretty stretched and you move into the situation of it's not about resource allocation, it's about, it's about best use of time allocation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what does a day in the life of you in particular look like right now? Like a typical work day. I'm sure there is not one typical, but no. just let us know, like, what are you up to and kind of what's filling your time these days? So usually the month prior dictates what happens for all those four weeks. So, like right now, we're in the middle of locking in all of our promotional activity for next year. I'm busy in the launch of Target plus Loblaws, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to implement structure back to the point of scale. Like we're trying to implement structure now so that we hit the ground running in 2019. Because the worst thing to do is to, is to fix the boat once it's already in the water and moving. So we're trying to set up structure people process so that we can look at 2019 as because we're going to keep sprinting and you're always going to sprint it never slows down so you just hope that when you're sprinting like at least everything is moving in the right direction and we can we can look at things as you know green light red light yellow light versus oh my god it's red light all the time i have to keep running around stop running jump off this do that jump back on the treadmill like we don't want that So you've alluded to stores like Target, Loblaws, which is one of the major Canadian grocery retailers. So obviously those have been some major growth milestones for you. Um, Could you walk us through maybe whether or not those are, um, or it's something different, what your major milestones have been in the last year and how you were able to make them happen? Like what was the process to get into Target? So it's really funny because, you know, we set out a goal for ourselves for what we wanted to hit distribution-wise and revenue-wise in 2018. And, you know, we knew we wanted to enter the U.S. and we didn't expect to enter the U.S. until 2019. And even if we got in there, like, and everyone we talked to, like, would tell us, oh, be careful of the U.S., be careful. Dave and I are kind of like, well, we just, like, we listen, but we want to go. We just, we want to go. We really believe in speed in this food business. And we actually 
one of our, 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 our newest partners into our business, John, he's based in Vancouver, was doing a demo at a grocery store, and he ran into a young lady there who introduced herself as the, the kind of the catering recruitment and manager for the TED Global Conference in Vancouver. So the, the big global one with all the big wigs come out. And I said to John, we've got to get in there. So he went in uh, several weeks later, he cooked everyone lunch, they loved it, and they said, you're in. So we were there, Beyond Meat was there, there was 10 other food vendors there. And I remember John, like, texting me, because you weren't allowed to take any photos there. And he's like, Al Gore just tried our pizza three times. You know, Sergey Brin just came by and tried our pizza, and they said they loved it. And I said, get business cards. So he got the business card. One of the business cards he got was a very senior person at Target. And she was just absolutely lovely. And, and she said, you know, guys, like, love what you're doing. Come and present. Come down and present. So several months later, we met. Uh, we went down to Minneapolis. You know, we, we again, shoestring budget, went in, and uh, we presented our full lineup. And, and we, we, we got a call. John and I got a call. So we were in England because we were looking at potentially trying to expand and we were in England. We got a call from the person we presented to at Target saying, all right, guys, you're in. And, and the plan was to launch in May 2019. And we got a call back saying, actually, could you be ready in two months? And that was in September. And we said, yep. You always say yes to everything. You say yes, yep. and then you figure it out later, yep, right? I think that's the, <laughs> the best uh, advice I ever got. Just say yes, figure out the how mm-hmm. afterwards. So in terms of production, um, is this something that you were comfortable knowing how to scale it up? Have you found great partners to work with and making enough supply to uh, fulfill the demand of your products? Yeah, there's, there's, there's two different ways you approach a food business, right? One way is, and a lot of our friends do this, and like we absolutely, we love, like we think our friends produce phenomenal products. And like give you a great example is my friend Mitch at Station Cold Brew, uh, and they, they produce their own product, and it is a fantastic, fantastic item. But they're in their own, their own production, and they build it, and they basically, each checkpoint as they grow as a business, they begin to grow their production. We chose a bit of a different path, and we said, we just want to go and grow our business as quickly as possible at retail with market share and then we'll figure out the production thing afterwards mm-hmm. and neither way is better than the other um it was just an error it's just one that we felt you know when we flipped the coin we felt was a bit better mm-hmm. um, when you do that though you have to find partners uh in everything from you know producing your your packaging to doing your label compliance, doing nutritional testing, doing your logistics and trucking, doing your mm-hmm. storage, doing your ingredients, all your ingredient suppliers that you work with. We just met with one in Montreal actually last night uh, who are fantastic. So there's like all these different pieces that mm-hmm. you have to manage and come together and things, things are never constant. Things will always change. You'll mm-hmm. always get a call from a supplier saying price has gone up mm-hmm. or they're out of an item or a machine breaks. It's just part of it. So the whack-a-mole always happens, right? 
-hmm. You just hope that you're you're organized and you're keeping going and moving mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, I can see there definitely being pros and cons to, you know, having it in-house would be great, but at the same time, um, it's not easy just to outsource it because there's still a lot of things that you need to be on top of to make sure that other people are, you know, reaching the quality standards that you have for your business. Yeah. So in terms of branding, shifting gears a little bit, uh, first of all, how did you come up with the name Holy Veggie? I know a lot of the listeners are in this phase of their business right now, the early stage where they're just stuck on trying to find the perfect name. So I'd love to hear your story on how it all came together. Was it quick? Was it a long process? No, I think name, naming is really funny because there are some names where like there's actually no story about it. Yeah. It just works. There's other names where there is a deep, deep meaning about it. Um, and again, no, no way is better than the other. For us, what we did was we worked, someone helped us. And we had a third person who was giving us a bit of advice at the time. And we'd meet once a week and we would review a list of names that came from us telling this person our story and what we're trying to do. And I think the name sometimes can shift until you actually put pen to paper and start creating the brand. Mm -hmm. So at one point we were called like Gaia's Kitchen. And then we had like Garden Gangster for a little bit. Like we had that going on. And then eventually what happened was we saw, we saw two words, or we saw holy celery on this list, but like blessed, like blessed celery, like H-O-L-Y, holy, holy celery. And then we saw something veggie. And I remember David saying, he's like, wait a minute, what about like holy veggie? And we're like, Dave, like it's a little bit too religious. And he's like, no, 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 like W-H. And we're like, yeah, it kind of works. We're like, holy veggie. And we're like, yeah, like, like with an exclamation mark, holy veggie. Like it. And that was it. I love it. And that's what. <laughs> and it stuck right away. Holy veggie. Yeah. So you just alluded to the fact that you were working with someone on a weekly basis. Was this someone that you had brought on board? Was it a business mentor? Who was this person that was helping you? He was, a business, he was a business mentor. He was a personal friend of mine hmm. uh, and a business mentor. And I think that's also a really important thing. Um, I think a lot of small businesses are reluctant to put together boards. They're reluctant to have people tell them what to do. They do have mentors, but Dave and I knew we needed a board right away. So we've pieced together a board of directors to basically just, you know, be our, our you know, our sounding board for what's mm -hmm. going on. Because we, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was for us, it was just the right way and the right move to get someone involved. And that person who was involved with us at the very beginning, he's still involved in our business today. But just from the standpoint of, as an active vocal board member with us, mm -hmm. that I can rely on for anything. I can call him 24 hours a day and he's there. That's awesome. And um, is this like something that you meet on a monthly basis or just as needed? Like what does that structure look like with your board of directors? It's, it's still comfortable to be up in the air, but generally speaking, boards don't like to be engaged any more than like two, every two months. Mm -hmm. It's also a lot of work preparing for board meetings, um, but also separate board of directors from board of advisors, or advisory group. An advisory group are people you can call up anytime you want, get their two cents. Board of directors eventually becomes, if you raise money in your business, they're representing the shareholders. Mm -hmm. You are a shareholder, but you have other shareholders. Mm -hmm. And this isn't about ultimate power, this is about people checking 
then make sure that you're doing the right thing in the interest of the company. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're gonna shift gears into just some final rapid fire. Uh, so you can kind of just say whatever comes to mind for these. So is there a tool, a resource, or an app that keeps you on track each day? Yes, I use Asana, A-S-A-N-A, -A, to manage all of our demos, manage our creative, manage our social media. I literally couldn't live without Asana. I spend my life just reprioritizing tasks. I don't know what I did before it, so I can definitely condone that as well. Um, what's your favorite holy veggie project to eat or product to eat? Our margarita pizza. Ooh, I haven't tried that one actually. Um, is there a business or business person that you personally admire or look up to? Um, I would say I. I definitely admire, and it's someone personal to me, that, that our, our mentor. So his name's Jim Bailey. He, he launched Red Bull in Canada. Oh, wow. And and for us, like we, we love the guy to death. And he's now the CEO of a company called Fivita, which is launching a brand of CBD-infused water called Okai. Wow. And he just, he's he means a lot to us, and he gives us a lot of help and guidance. And we look up to him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. If you had just one hour per week to market your business, what would you do? I would probably be in a different spin studio or yoga studio every week sampling holy veggie. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important to give people a trial of your yeah. product, right? Yeah. Like people get so caught up in, should I run Facebook ads? Should I do this? I'm like, well, has anyone even been exposed to yeah. what your service or product is? Let's start there. And I used to work for a company called Vega. They make plant-based protein in that. And that was our whole marketing strategy was getting a, you know, a green smoothie into people's hands. Once yeah. they tried it, they were hooked. Yeah. They thought green things tasted horrible. And then all of a sudden they were on a plant-based protein every day. So I learned very quickly that that is the most important way to you know, market yeah. your business. Um, when you feel stuck or uninspired or unmotivated, what do you do to shake a bad mood? Uh, probably try to go for a run or some exercise. In the summer, I run quite a bit because it just clears my head. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only way. I'm actually, in the half hour post run, I'm extremely clear headed. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to usually figure out the problems or make the decision that I've reluctant to make before the run. It's mm -hmm. so true. I talk a lot about um, on this show just maintaining your health and your daily routines as an entrepreneur because I don't feel like you can be a very good business owner if you don't take care of yourself. So, you know, it's all, you know, 360 degree approach. If you're suffering in one area of your life, it's probably trickling into every other area. So um, I love to dive into, you know, what are the routines of, of successful business owners? Um, what's the best investment you feel you've made in your business? Uh, probably in the people. Um, I would say... You know, we've got John at West, Liv out here, Jeremy out here with us. It's, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing if it wasn't for them. And, mm -hmm. and I, would, I would do that again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Have you ever made any poor hiring decisions and had to navigate that? Or are you guys pretty good about finding the right talent at the right time? I would right say away? a tough thing for entrepreneurs is when you engage third-party contractors because... You, you, you're entering into a professional services agreement and um, there, there's less room for, hey, I'm unhappy, can we fix this? Mm -hmm. There's more of like, here's a contract, here's a scope, we're doing this. So I just think like, I wouldn't say I'm 
like obviously in hindsight is like it's 2020 you 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 probably do things a bit differently Mm -hmm. i would just say like i've become more informed about you know being careful about who we engage to get involved in the business because it can very quickly spout spiral out of control and you end up being an octopus Mm -hmm. and no one wants to be an octopus unless you're amazon (laughs) very true Okay, so this is the final question that all guests of the podcast are asked. So for someone listening who is yearning to start up a side hustle or a passion project or an online business or a full-time venture, but they have no idea where to begin, what advice would you offer them based on your own experience? I would say start producing a minimum viable product. Mm Mm-hmm. Just get started. Just got to go. You just got to start because you can burn time and hours and energy thinking about wanting to start, but you got to do it. And you'll also, not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, right? And there's nothing wrong with that at all. And I think you very quickly realize that there is a hustle that comes with certain people. And when you meet them, you know it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's what, that's what people need to be careful about friends. Because there's a comfort level with starting a business with friends, but you need to make sure that the hustle is there because you can't feel like this is a, a university project and mm-hmm. you're just going to go and take the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to build a team of rowers that are all going to go full blast and put in all their effort and do everything. Because if you start getting imbalances with with work effort and all this stuff, like you're going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. So. I would say just, you know, look at that. Yep. No, very good advice. Cool. Well, Jonathan, that's been such an informative conversation. Um, Sad that we have to cut this a little short, but maybe one day we'll get you back on the podcast. Where can people learn more about Holy Veggie and where can they buy your products more importantly? Yes. So holyveggie.com, W-H-O-L-L-Y-V-E-G-G-I-E.com. And that has all of the latest information on us. And our products, people can find them at Metro, uh, Loblaws, Sobeys, uh, Whole Foods, and in some of our favorite stores, which is your local uh, independent grocery store, uh, such as Organic Garage or the Big Care Fiesta Farm. So we, Canada is a pretty cool place to launch a food business because retailers are quite supportive of local mm-hmm. businesses. And to be clear, you can buy your products in the U.S. now. Available in the Midwest. In the Midwest. Okay, awesome. So for the Midwest listeners. Cool. Well, thanks again and hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. This is great. That's a wrap. Until next week, I hope you make tiny leaps in order to achieve your most visionary life. I'd love for you to join my insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. We talk about our favorite books, our podcasts of the week, tools, tips, and tricks for making our lives easier as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And really, it's just a place to have open and honest conversation. I love taking these podcast discussions offline. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a beautiful essential oil blend, the visionary blend, and a love note from me to anyone and everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just make sure you take a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. And if you think I'm joking, why not try it out?